to Living Fabulously with Bev. The mission for the show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle-related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Today I'm going solo. Yes, it's me, myself and I. Well, it's so exciting for me to be talking about the four things that build new brain because every single one Dr. Fiona Kerr spoke about are things I value and implement myself. By now, I'm sure you have realized I'm a sleep maven and yet each of these things have been my own learning as part of my well-being journey. So I wanted to do a deep dive into the four things that build new brain and share some practical strategies to implement these. Fiona talked about, number one, the value of human interconnection, number two, novelty through learning, number three, movement, and number four, sleep. So let's begin with human interconnection. Brené Brown defines connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Beautiful, isn't it? Human connection brings multifaceted value to our lives. Relationships give us the sense of belonging, a sense of identity in contrast to others in our world, a support network, and a reason not to feel alone. When we learn from others' experiences and insight, we learn together by pursuing new experiences alongside those we meet. I encourage you to also consider what Fiona said about safeguarding human interconnection above the use of technology. I just love the TED Talk by Rita Pearson, a teacher who talks about the value of human connection in schools and the amazing outcomes with kids. Rita quotes James Corner on why significant learning cannot occur without a significant relationship. And to me, that is such a powerful insight. What can you do today to value and give time to connecting with those who are important in your life? Could it be as simple as arranging a coffee date with a friend or family member? If you feel isolated, perhaps it may be joining a social group in your local area to meet new people who share your interests. The meetup groups are designed specifically for this purpose. Another idea would be to join a virtual meetup if you're housebound and don't have the opportunity for contact with others. Modern technology does have its perks and has the capacity to help us connect in times like these, so take advantage of this. A great example is Courts Lepert and Kirsty Bonner from the Smart Chicks Cottery who run a weekly eat and greet session for entrepreneurs via Zoom. So you get to see people, you can ask some questions and it feels connected even though it's online. The second thing to build new brain was novelty through learning. Fiona explained how the brain reacts to novelty by releasing dopamine which makes us want to go exploring in search of a reward. Being a lifelong student myself, I completely get what Fiona meant when she said we also build new brain through novelty. I'm one of the crazy people who did their master's degree while working full time and I absolutely thrived with all that new learning. So in 2013, when my cognitive function was so poor that I couldn't even read a magazine article nor understand or retain what I was reading, it was very confronting for me. 
I wasn't willing to sit back as I knew about neuroplasticity. So I decided I needed a novel but meaningful way to get my brain to create new neural pathways other than brain games, which were actually completely overwhelming for me at the time. So my decision was to study something new. I found a program that was self-paced with multimedia that I could do in my own time. However, there were times when I listened back to the lectures as if hearing them for the first time, much like Drew Barrymore in the movie 41st Dates. It feels fabulous to say that over the course of the 12 months, I not only built new brain, but I also achieved my goal of becoming an integrative wellbeing coach. I read a great blog on this topic by Belle Beth Cooper, and she shared three ideas on how to increase novelty when learning. The first thing was to add in something new. She says that each time you review information or facts you've learned before, add in a small number of new ones. This will make your brain notice and recognize slightly familiar information more easily because it's offset by brand new concepts. Her second point was to change your environment. We know our environment can offer a huge amount of novel stimuli for your brain and Bell suggests offsetting the familiarity of learning material by reviewing it in new settings. So for all the entrepreneurs out there, definitely try that new coffee shop. On top of this, she suggests changing temperature or lighting in the room you're already in and it can make a big difference. Her third point was learn after doing something new. And Bell recommends that you use your brain's increased plasticity wisely by setting aside time to learn right after taking in novel stimuli. So if you meet someone new for coffee or explore a new place, your brain will be more open to making new connections during and right after this time. So you may as well take advantage. I'm wondering what other ideas you can think of to build new brain with the novelty through learning. I love the idea of learning a new art or craft, and it could be something like sculpture that's tactile and sensory too. The third thing to build new brain was movement or physical exercise. I read a really interesting article that said the brain grows and learns with each new experience. So to the brain, exercise is seen as a new experience. And Lauren Gelman wrote that movement is medicine for the mind. And I agree. She offers six ways exercise makes your brain better. And I want to add that these are also the reason that movement helps you sleep better too. Yes, I had to sneak in an extra punt for sleep. So exercise stimulates brain growth even as we age through aerobic activity like walking, running, cycling or swimming. Exercise boosts brain building hormones like BDNF. So as Fiona said, it was about fertilizing the brain. Interesting concept. Exercise also fights depression and anxiety by boosting your feel-good hormones called endorphins. This is a commonly understood benefits of exercise. Her fourth point was that exercise reduces the effects of stress by lowering the cortisol in your body. And aren't we all pretty stressed about life and the busy pace that we live at? The fifth reason she gave was that exercise improves your brain's executive function. And even with 30 minutes of movement a day, you would see a difference in your brain function in as little as four weeks. Amazing. Her final point was about stabilizing your blood sugar after you eat, which protects you against insulin resistance and also cognitive decline. I recently listened to a Catalyst program on the ABC that quoted a finding from a study that regular aerobic exercise is the number one factor in delaying the onset of Alzheimer's disease and dementia, followed by what you eat. Are you convinced to get your trainers on yet? I hope so. 
We've already spoken about novelty through learning, and I think the same is true with exercise. We really need variety. And so both aerobic exercises, like we mentioned, the walking, swimming, cycling or running are great when combined with strengthening and stretching exercise like Pilates and yoga or other breath-based practices like Tai Chi or Qigong. I just believe that you need to start where you are today and work from there to build a daily habit of movement. So my guidance is to start small with the mindset that your future self will thank you for these steps and be sure to just aim for consistency. It's far better to do shorter sessions of movement over a day than use the excuse that you don't have time to exercise. If you've been chronically ill, then a graded exercise program under supervision of an exercise physiologist may be required. Although I started out by summonsing the energy to drive to the beach and just sit there breathing in the beautiful negative ions, this turned into a few paces on the beach barefoot to over time being able to walk down to the beach from my home and walk along the beach and back home. It's so nourishing to your well-being to take a walk in nature, whether that be in the park or on the beach. Just get the kids involved and build a lifelong habit along with them too. I encourage you to also include incidental exercise into your day, like using the stairs and not the escalator, or if you're using public transport, to get off a stop earlier and walk the rest of the way. For the mums at home, it could mean just even walking to and from school with the children if it's in walking distance. If you have a dog, take the dog walking first thing in the morning and get some sunlight in your eyes. It's so good for improving your sleep too. What about a bit of daggy dancing to music you love? I mean, that just adds fun, doesn't it? The fourth and final thing to build new brain was about sleep. Oh, finally, she says. (laughs) And of course, given this is sleep timber, I'm thrilled that there is a body of evidence that proves that slow wave or REM sleep is what builds new brain. And this sleep is usually in the later part of your sleep cycle. So this means you need to be asleep for at least seven and a half hours on average to achieve this outcome. But the caveat is that it needs to be quality sleep. Some of the habits and outcomes of someone who has good quality sleep are that they use a wind down routine about 30 to 60 minutes before bed to let go of the day in a sort of nurturing way. They have a regular bedtime so the body knows the signals and responds just beautifully. A sleep ritual like perhaps progressive body relaxation or meditation. Some people journal or write gratitudes but they are definitely able to fall asleep easily and they will stay asleep all night and will go back to sleep easily if they get woken. They also do physical movement most days, or every day, and are energetic and alert all day long. You may have heard of the gorgeous Tash Corbin, business coach extraordinaire who just loves her sleep, and professed that she comes from a family of big sleepers. However, since she moved to New Zealand about three months ago, she has had a resistance going to bed early like she has previously done for years and years. She described that tide for her feels cranky, but she doesn't know why she's cranky. It feels heavy and she loses all appetite. Her eyes get dry, her throat feels weird, and she also stops listening to those around her like she physically can't hear people. The opposite of tired for her is feeling bouncy, jumping out of bed, happy, singing, a lot of clapping and powering through her day with joy and vibrancy. This has been her default position, so it was perplexing enough for Tash to book a session with me to work out why she'd stopped going to bed on time. The solution was actually quite simple, because she has had good sleep hygiene for many years. So we discussed going back to basics, and Tash chose a bedtime that works for her new location. She also committed to me to switch her smartphone to flight mode at least 30 minutes before her chosen bedtime. 
So when she did a shout out to thank me for helping her with sleep, she went on to say after my comment on one of her posts, she knew she was being naughty being on Facebook so late and so put the phone down and went to sleep. That for me is pure gold because we've heard from both Dr. Siobhan Banks and Dr. Fiona Kerr about the impact of blue light on our circadian rhythm and therefore on our ability to get restorative sleep. Good on you, Tash. I'm feeling a very proud sleep maven. Getting better quality sleep is about consistent action and you really can keep it simple. As Siobhan said, your biology will take over and put you back on a good schedule if you allow yourself to go to bed at a good time and you prioritize your sleep. If you are tired of tossing and turning at night, develop the ritual for peaceful sleep by joining Julie Nelson and I for a masterclass. We're holding this on Friday the 16th of September, 1pm AEST, and you'll learn about the power of scent to transform your sheet wrangling into blissful slumber. And in summary, the four things to build new brain were human interconnection, so please hang with your peeps, novelty through learning, keep learning something new, movement, let's make it a daily habit, And my number one is sleep. Place a priority on you and your sleep. You can become smarter, more creative and more productive than you thought possible. And in my book, that's worth taking action for. Thank you so much for listening. And you can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Have you heard about Sleep Timber? It's a month to focus on restorative sleep and it's a month packed with so much goodness for you. What will it take for you to take care of yourself? Head to www.sleeptember.com.au to find out about the free events and sign up to join a movement of sleep lovers. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.